Friends from Far Away Podcasting presents Ill Will. Ill Will is a horror anthology podcast written and directed by Keegan Vandalikin. Ill Will may contain subjects and topics not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. When I was alive, I worked at a lighthouse. The first thing you need to know about lighthouses is that they are loud. So loud that it is a safety concern. There's a thick line painted in a circle around the shack where the fog's signal was kept. Put simply, if you didn't want to have your eardrum shatter, stay out of the circle. Even in the housing part, it was loud. But although it was loud, you could always learn the pattern and pause your speech in speaking so as to be heard or hear yourself talk. It rattled my dishes and shook the floor whenever the foghorn went off. The walls of the living quarters were covered in photos of those here before me. Photos and mirrors. There was always something off with those photos. No one who worked at the lighthouse ever retired. And clearly, I didn't either. I'm not the exception to that rule. Some of the stranger deaths are concerning, to say the least. My favorite is tied to the giant skeleton of a moose above the heater. Uh, the watchman at the time had been a fisherman with a bum leg. Sorry, uh, force of habit. Uh, I will do my best to continue and not pause like I normally did. His journal stated that there had been noises coming out of the fog, and as he investigated it, he was attacked by the beast. <laughs> this beast of a moose... It had gored him, and he in turn had killed it. Upon returning to the lighthouse, he passed away shortly. Simple as that. Upon the lighthouse being unresponsive, a search party was sent ashore and found his corpse, and they, at least at the courtesy of finished drying out the moose and carving it up. <laughs> and now I have a companion in my lonely part of the world. As odd as that was, I do understand, as I had my own experiences with exploring the surrounding area and trying to come to terms with what it meant to be alone on this island. The second thing you need to know about lighthouses is you are alone, truly alone. No Wi-Fi, no cellular, just a radio to contact passing ships, and there's no real reason to do that. People who work at lighthouses want to be left alone. I know I had had my own past I was running from. Family drama. Don't need to get into it. I want to discuss how the photos began interacting with me. At first it was little things. My coffee mug, not where I left it. The furnace being off when I came back inside. Movement in the corner of my eye from the mirrors. At first, I didn't acknowledge it. Though... Thought I had gone a bit crazy from the isolation, and then the nightmares and dreamwalking began. It always started the same. I would wake up in the lighthouse, and as I made breakfast, I stared at the wall, I would notice an empty photo frame. As I got closer, I would see the other photos recoil and scream silently. Some would begin to point behind me, and slowly I realized they were telling me to run. As I turned around, it was as if the world turned to butter. I would find myself staring at it as a figure dropped out of the wall. 
There was always someone new. Always the person missing from the photograph. And they were always angry. I recall the words of Richard Sicken. What is a ghost? Something dead that seems to be alive? Something dead that doesn't know it's dead? The thing in my dream doesn't know it should be dead, and it does not care. The creature rises from the floor, and with a shriek, the spell is broken, and I can finally move. I run. I normally do not get far, and the dream ends with the thing catching me and strangling me. I would wake up in a cold sweat and find myself out of bed. At first, I was waking up standing next to the bed, but as time went on, I began being further and further away. The day I woke up with the cold ocean air biting my face, I decided I needed to get help. I radioed the next passing ship that I needed a temporary replacement so I could resupply my outpost. They replied to my message and soon enough the Coast Guard appeared and I found myself back in town. I did get supplies, but I also got plugged back in. I went to the local library and I went to online searching for answers for those who had had similar experiences. Some forums later and I had found plenty of guides to get rid of hauntings. None of them seemed helpful. Most of them insisted I get help from the church. Which church seemed to change, but most pointed to a holy person would be required to cleanse my haunted space. I found a number and called. After the phone rang, I was sent straight to voice message and figured they would call back for more information. As I left my message, the line got disconnected. I went back to the lighthouse. I continued my duties and I refused to sleep without precaution. I would tie myself to the bed. It seemed to work. The first night, I did not have any dreams. The second, I woke up with scratches on my wrist. The third day, there was a knock on the door. I answered and a young man in a trench coat stood in the pouring rain. He introduced himself as with the church and I let him in as he took off his coat. I could see he was dressed in all black garb with one of those funny white necktie things. He showed me a document, but I still think he was too young to be a priest and he agreed with me when I mentioned this and asked if I had any tea. I had to unfortunately let him know I don't appreciate tea, but I did have plenty of coffee, and I offered that instead, and he accepted. We sat in the kitchen, and he asked me about my nightmares. Before I could ask how he knew that, as I did not say what was happening to me in the voice message I had left, I told him my story, and he silently sipped his coffee. He stood and examined the bed, making a remark about how some would think of my shackles as kinky, and before I could confirm that a priest had made a reference to a sexual joke, he had moved on to the paintings and mirrors on the wall. As I finished my story, he turned and stared at my bed again. The priest then thanked me for the coffee, grabbed his duffel bag, opened it, and began searching for something. He threw a Bible to the side and pulled out a bundle of plants. As he lit it on fire, he said he would first try to locate the source with burning sage. He chanted something weird that I could have sworn was a poem or a song, except I couldn't understand it. As it got more smoky, he had me take over the sage and just had me stand in the center of the room, waving it back and forth. The priest then picked up the blankets at the foot of the bed and pulled out a knife. He cut the blankets into pieces and began covering all the mirrors and photographs in the lighthouse. Soon, the only mirror uncovered was the largest one in the kitchen, the same one the thing in my nightmares came from. Next, the priest began turning off the lights. He also removed the light bulbs and pulled a candle from his bag. The sage was set to the side, and the priest informed me he was going to perform a seance in order to contact the other people who were victims before me. I was confused, but let him continue. 
I remember as he lit the candle, the room got colder. And the only source of light was a small blue flame. The priest had me sit across from him and apologize that this may not work as he was not as good as letting the dead speak as his brother. The seance didn't seem to work and we sat in silence in the living quarters. Then, all at once, all of the pictures in the house began to emit a light and I was in a sea of ghosts. They all began to surge towards the priest and as they passed through him, they slammed him against the wall. And then, just as quickly as they arrived, they all disappeared, and the priest fell to the floor, not moving. I checked his pulse and was relieved that he was alive. I laid him on my couch and went to bed myself. That night, I had another nightmare, but this one was different. It seemed like the whole world was shaking. All the pictures on the walls were blank, and the priest lay silently on the couch, fast asleep. I saw the blue light of the candle glowing and as I got close, my tether pulled me to the floor. It was at this point, I knew I was awake. I undid my shackle and approached the light. I soon found the candle was not lit. The light was coming from the single uncovered mirror. I saw my reflection in the mirror, and as I got closer, I felt my heart rate rise. I do not know why, but every fiber in my being had been screaming for me to run. As I got closer to the mirror, I held out my hand, and to my horror, my reflection did not. Instead, my reflection crouched down and leapt forward out of the mirror. As the monster grabbed me, I felt its hands close around my neck, and I fought back. I began punching, kicking, struggling to let out a scream to make myself known, to wake the priest, to call for help. My calls were not heard, and as it choked me, I found myself swallowed up in darkness. I thought I was dead, yet it wasn't anything like I had expected death to be. It was worse. I was floating in darkness alone except for my thoughts. It was like one of those sensory deprivation chambers, but I wasn't in water. I was just in nothing. I could not feel or see. I could only think and reflect on my life. I thought about my mother. I thought about my uncle that raised me, and I thought about my brother that went missing. After what could have been an eternity or five minutes, the darkness fell away. A light appeared, and from that light, color bled into existence around me. I was staring in awe as I was standing in the lighthouse again, but everything was wrong. Turned around, slightly different. I turned to inspect my surroundings and found the large mirror of the kitchen was still uncovered, and there was someone in front of it. I got closer and found myself staring at the priest. He had discarded his robe and was covered in large gashes, and behind him on the floor of the lighthouse was a body, the corpse of myself. I thought I was going mad. I tried to approach the body and found that the mirror steadily held in place as the priest began unfastening his tattered shirt. He had a large tattoo of a goat on his chest and a nasty cut along his side. The priest held up a hand, asking for a moment while he grabbed a bottle of hydrogen peroxide and poured it on his wound. As it festered and got cleaned out, he steadily grabbed his shirt and held it fast to the wound. Having tended to his injuries, he grabbed a chair and sat down in front of the mirror. He began speaking, and even though he was right in front of me, it was as though he was standing on the opposite end of a stadium. His voice slightly echoed and was far away. I had to struggle to hear what he was saying. 
I asked for him to speak up, and he must have seen me trying to talk and waved that it was pointless. He explained that those in the Reflections realm have to use a lot of energy to send a message out, and advised that I listen to what he had to say. He said that he had killed the Reflection, and thus my original body was dead. I would die if I returned, and had a choice to make. I could either remain in the mirror and keep living as a reflection, forced to mirror others who appear before me until I, myself, lose my mind and become as the thing that had attacked me, a mindless monster, desperate to escape the silence of this realm. Or, I could have him shatter the mirror, and this would result in me dying, but I would not cause any harm to anyone else. I may be seen as a coward, but I chose to remain in the mirror, and as I mimed to the priest that I was staying, he nodded and wished me the best before turning off his candle, and he left. I sat in darkness by myself in the lighthouse, and as time passed, I would regret my decision. I would... <coughs> mm. Ah! Uh.